Alcorn State throws water on Texas Southern's hot streak. Grambling gives Southern their first loss of the year, and Norfolk State remains perfect in the MEAC. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Today's episode is brought to us by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TVs, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. And today's word of the day, because I want to do a little different, right? Today's word of the day is sanguine, meaning confidently optimistic. So make sure that you guys are listening for sanguine in today's episode. And if I don't give it to you, hold me accountable. But I want to talk to you guys about Alcorn. Alcorn State remains perfect in the SWAC, taking it up to 4-0, knocking off the Texas Southern University Tigers. And I spent Friday's episode previewing this game from TSU's point of view. I previewed it discussing the hot streak that they had been on going into this game versus Alcorn. I didn't want to do a tail of the tape. I just stuck with Texas Southern, right? Because they were hot. They were truthfully hot. So I just stuck with talking about them. And I don't know if it's because I'm a sanguine guy. You know, so I told y'all, I'm, I'm, boom, we're here. But I also said I'm not going to do that no more. So I'll try to do better tomorrow. Sanguine guy. But the way this game went, I feel justified. And look, I might never get all these ties off my neck. However, I will never allow one of these ties to just have me just talking crazy or just being completely unrealistic. Y'all didn't hear me in here talking about Texas Southern's about to take over the football landscape next year. Like, while that would be nice for my alma mater, there's been nothing to suggest it. So I'm not just going to allow myself to become overly biased. But, I mean, you think I'm not going to take a couple jabs at Prairie View every, every now and then? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So I will still let these, these ties not so much influence me but they will impact my delivery from time to time but facts are facts and stats are stats and everything about that is what it is so i don't want to make it seem like i'm just going to dilute my point with just a bunch of favoritism to my alma mater no but here's the thing i want to talk about this game because my boys didn't get it done but it came due to a very strong first half by alcorn and it was more so the defense of Texas Southern faltering as opposed to the offense because offensively they actually had two pretty good halves. Um, when you look at it, both the first half and the second half were actually pretty decent offensive performances for Texas Southern. But in that first half, the defensive performance, extremely lackluster because when I look at, when I look at Texas Southern's defense in that, in that half, I said, you gave up how many points? 46 46 points and a half i just came and i praised the offense for giving up 54 and yeah that's the eight point difference which is not a small amount of difference 46 points is nothing to scoff at either 
That's a good amount of points that Alcorn put up in that half. Texas Southern put up 32, but when you allowing 46, it's like 32 is good on any other day, but 46 ain't going to, or 32 isn't going to cut it when you're looking at 46. And when you look at Alcorn 46, that charge was led by Justin Thomas, who was on fire. I mean, fuego in the first half. Seven from seven from the field. Two of two from behind the arc. Dropped 17 points. And in addition to that, had four rebounds, a block, and of the six assists that Alcorn had, he provided four of them. So you see, he's scoring. He's on fire. And I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that he wasn't as aggressive. He did more from the line in the second half. He ended up being, um, I think, nine for nine from the, from the line in that second half. Or excuse me, he ended up being five for seven. He had nine points in the second half. So when you look at it, he did most of his work from the charity strike, right, in the second half. But in the first half, he was putting up shots, and everything that he put up, he was making. Everything. Seven for seven from the field. So as a whole, I was kind of surprised that he wasn't as aggressive in that lack of success or the tempered success, I would say, because he did still have nine points and a half. That tempered success kind of happened with Alcorn. When you seen Thomas kind of start tapering off, you kind of seen Alcorn kind of start tapering off because they came in 40 points, right? 46 points in the first half. You cannot miss that because it actually comes up and it's really important then early in the second half with 17 and a half left you're up 18 points you're probably thinking to yourself just hold on all you got to do is just hold on and we're good and that's what they did that's how they ended up coming down with the victory because they held on but it was a lot of pressure at the end it was a lot of pressure seeing that Texas Southern wasn't going to bow down just because they were down in the scorecards or in the scoreboard. That wasn't what was going to happen. So when this became a game where Texas Southern kept fighting back, fighting back, fighting back, and in the last couple of minutes, now you have a chance to win it. Yeah, does it show or is it a testament to the resilience of TSU's team or the short-term memory of it? Yeah, but I think the story of this game is the fact that Alcorn dropped 46 points in the first half, and they were able to lean on that. They were able to hold on hold on, and say, you know what? We're going to kind of lean on the strength that we've already built up a lead and the cushion that we had. And we understand that you might get your points. You probably came back a little bit more than we wanted. But we have things under control because we built up that cushion. You have to work a long way just to get even with this team. And with this victory and the game that we're about to talk about coming up, Alcorn has just become the number one team in the SWAC. And I absolutely cannot wait between a matchup between uh, between Alcorn and Southern. I understand that there's three games in between the two, and it's still way too far for those teams to actually be looking and peeking at each other. But me as a fan, as a guy who's just here talking about it, I can't help but salivate talking about it because it has me amped. And going forward, we will be talking about Southern and we will be talking about Grambling in their game that happened this weekend in another close one. But speaking of salivating, these built bars, just thinking about how you guys are going to start sending me all the built bars that you that you guys are trying. I'm just like, man, I don't know if I really want them to do that because 
I'm gonna get hungry. But it's okay because when you get hungry, you can snack on a built bar without feeling guilty about it. It's no more, oh, I have this candy bar and I have to feel a certain kind of way about eating it. Those days are done. Built bar allows you the ability to snack while being healthy. If you wanna start, you know, a lot of people have their New Year's resolutions is to eat healthier. There's no more week five coming up and you're just like, I'm kind of bored. It doesn't taste good. I can't do it anymore. As long as you're eating Built Bars, you understand that you're eating healthy. But your, your, your body is telling you, man, this is some delicious candy bars. It's not a candy bar. It's a protein bar. It's Built Bar. They have all different kinds of flavors, all covered in chocolate and giving you 17 grams of protein. Yes, 17 grams of protein while being covered in delicious chocolate. Make sure you guys are going to Built.com using the promo code LOCKED15. For 15% off your offer. For 15% off your offer, use the promo code LOCK15 at built.com. All right, as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I want to talk about just another game from the SWAC that happened this weekend because there were so many good games this weekend that I really could have picked a multitude of them. I had a very specific reason that I picked the two that I did, however. Texas Southern versus Alcorn, that was a game that we previewed coming into the week and it lived up, you know, to the hype, so we had to talk about that. But then there were so many other games that I could have picked from. And there's a lot of other games that I could have picked from. FAMU versus UAPB. That went down to the wire. That went into overtime. When you look at Mississippi Valley State, they were down big. They came back with a chance to win it. They just were not able to do it. And Alabama versus, excuse me, Alabama A&M versus Alabama State was just a fight within the state, right? But I wanted to pick an, another interstate fight that I wanted to break down, and that was Grambling versus Southern. And no, it's not the Bayou Classic. However, I picked this game, specifically picked this game, not just because it was really good, but because I was subbing at a school and this kid had grambling parents and we were talking and everything right and they had grambling parents i said man look if grambling win tell your folks i'm gonna talk about grambling on the podcast and yes that was my motivation to take an extra look a deeper look into the game however looking at this game no matter who would have won i would have been talking about this one because this is a game where you really had two sides that were basically even throughout the whole night so I'm going to tell you about how they were so even, but then also how was the team able to come out victorious? So when I look at it, I, I see this, right? I see a team or a matchup between teams in which shooting percentage, basically the same. Southern, right? So I'm going to start with Southern first on all these stats and then go to Grambling. Southern shot 51%. Grambling shot 52%. Southern had... 40% makes from the three. Grambling had 35. Southern had 68% made free throw, uh, free throw attempts, while Grambling was at 71. Steals were five to six. Even negative stats were basically the same. You look at turnovers, it's 10 to 11. So when you look at all these stats, they're basically side by side. Boom. All right, yeah, you shot 68%. They shot 71 it's really no big time gap. However, when you look at the stats, yeah, you can see why I was even, but if you look a little closer, you can also say 
I see why there was the team that came out victorious, and that was Grambling, right? So when I had to ask myself, well, in a game where everything is basically neck-to-neck, why did Grambling win? And I came down with two reasons to come down. Rebounding, right? That's one. And then timing was two. I'm going to start off with rebound before I get into timing. So with rebounds, that was the only stat that was actually noticeable as far as the gap between each side. It wasn't many of them. That was one of few. But you could tell that Grambling rebounded much better than Southern did because they have more second chance points, right? Well, first off, you saw that you saw the the numbers on the on the box score. However, where did it benefit those teams is it allowed Grambling to have more second half or second chance points than Southern. And yeah, okay, it wasn't by a big margin. I will admit that. However, in a game like this where you're basically the same, you're playing against yourself and you're going neck and neck, right? These little things like second chance points really mean something. They end up really mattering. And then the second thing was timing. They knew when to get their stats at the right time and they being grambling. So there was a nine to two run late in the game because that's when the game really separated. They were neck and neck going back and forth. But when this nine two run happened, it was clear that Grambling was going to come out with the victory. So let's look at it. 9-2. Left in the, uh, excuse me, 9-2 run late in the game with eight points up at, in the last minute. Southern made their next two shots after that. Grambling made two free throws. And that's how you end up having the game go down to 83-77 in a two-point or six-point lead. That's, that's how it happened. But when you look at what happened within that 9-2 run, Let's look specifically at what happened when that 9-2 run was happening. Southern's possessions went something like this. Turnover, miss. Turnover, two free throws, made those, miss. That was how their run went during that 9-2 run. That's completely unacceptable. You can't turn over the ball twice in crunch time. This is less than two minutes left in the game that this is happening, that you're turning the ball over. There's two minutes left in the game, and you have turned the ball over twice now. It's unacceptable. You're going to miss some shots, but as a whole, that's unacceptable. Let's compare that to Grambling. This is during that same 9-2 run in which the the Southern Jaguars had turnover, miss, made some free throws, miss. Oh, and had another turnover in there as well. Grambling, on the other hand, scored on every single possession that they had. Every single possession. If you're looking for a reason that Southern wasn't able to come up victorious in this game, you have to point to the rebound gap because it allowed more second chance points. But then also, you kind of have to lean at least towards the timing of this because it's one thing to have the same stats. But if I can have these stats come up in crunch time, oh, it don't matter. Your stats are now thrown away because mine immediately top you because when the game was on the line, I made sure that I played my best and I didn't waste anything offensively or defensively because they didn't just turn the ball over themselves. You see, these turnovers are forced from pressure or whatever it may be. So when you look at Grambling, they played well on offense. It's easy by seeing the points. But however, you also have to look at the offensive struggles of Southern to really appreciate just how good that Grambling was on both sides of the ball when it really mattered.
And speaking of really mattering, we are going to take the next segment to wrap up the show. And we're going to talk about how Norfolk State is able to count on their big players in basketball season going forward. But I want to tell you guys about Bet Online because they want to wish you a happy betting new year, right? Happy betting. Ew, that was disgusting. Let's not try to do songs. That's not my bag here. I'm here to talk sports. I'm not here to create music. However, if you want to make a little bit of money off of sports, how about you go to Bet Online, the number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action in 2022? New year, new updated desktop. And you still have the same mobile website. If you're on the phone, y'all know the drill. Do it while I'm talking to you guys. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, to get started. Football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, whatever it is. I don't care if you just want to play favorite Vegas casino games that you have. Just don't wait. I know it's only January, but don't hesitate. Take advantage of all the offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, we're going to be talking about MEAC basketball. We're done with the SWAC now, right? So we're switching over to the other major FCS, or since it's basketball season now, just the other major D1 HBCU conference. That's the MEAC. And we're going to be talking about Norfolk State because they're remaining perfect, right? We talked about a perfect team to start off. We're going to talk about a perfect team to be finished with. I bet Kurt Hennig would be proud with me. That's Mr. Perfect. For those who do not know. But as a whole, I want to talk about Norfolk because they've only played two games in the MEAC. However, this is a team that we spoke about earlier in the season when they went to the Boost Mobile, Chris Chris Paul's Boost Mobile HBCU Challenge, right? So when I look at them, I'm like, okay, let's let's look what they're doing now. Let's look what they're doing. And they're undefeated. Their first game versus Delaware State was an absolute cakewalk. They barely had to do anything. They won by 29 points. This game versus Howard was nothing of the same. It was no walk-off where you're very comfortable at the end. No, you understood that you were in a fight to the very end. However, when you're in games like this, you need to make sure that you can count on your big-time players, right? what they say? Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations? That's what they say, right? But that's exactly what Norfolk could count on. And their two big-time players that we're really talking about are Joe Bryant Jr. and Chris Bankston. But I don't want to talk about them quite yet because there was another player who isn't quite, the, you know, he's not the star. However, he made some plays that I think to ignore them happening simply to highlight what the big-time players did, it would be completely unfair because without his points, they probably don't win that game. And that's Dana Tate. He had five points at the end of that game. He had an and one because he had a layup, got fouled. He completed the and one, you know, progress. And then he also had another bucket. And it's like, okay, he had five points, whatever. Well, those are his only five points in the second half. And what a time to pick it up and understand, okay, I need to turn it on. I need to finish, get the and one, get me another bucket later on. He had five points in the last two minutes of the game. And that's where the rest of this action is going to focus on the last two minutes of the game. Big time players make big time plays. 
in big time situations. Let's remember that. Let's remember that. Let's see who our big time players are. We have those. Bankston, Brian Jr., check, check. Well, now here goes the moment. The final two minutes of the game in your second MEAC conference game. Well, what do they do? Let's start off with Chris Bankston because he's a big guy. He's a big guy, and that's going to come into play. Just remember, he's a, he's a big guy. He's 6'9". All right? They need three points to score to tie the game. So clearly you have to shoot a three. There's not much time left. You're, you're under 10 seconds left in the game. So you need to take this three-point. They understand that. So what do they do? They get Kyle Foster, 6'5 guard. They bring him out there. Chris Bankston's there. They're probably thinking, we have something here. Foster can shift him. Shafter can move, or excuse me, Foster can move around a little bit. Nothing worked. How many times we got to tell y'all, big bank, take little bank. And trust me, Mr. Bank is a tall fella. Standing at 6'9". And you can't teach that. 6'9 is 6'9". But he uses it extremely well. However, so I want to get into it. You think that you're going to take him into an area where he isn't completely comfortable. He's not used to moving. He blocks the three. When it was all going on, he blocked the three. This is a game-tying three. That's a big-time player making a big-time play in a big-time situation, right? Then let's look at Joe Bryant because Joe Bryant's is a little bit more subtle. He only scored two points in the last two minutes, you know, but he also had a charge call, not on him, but for him, in his favor, right? So he drew the charge, I should say. Okay, when you look at that, you compare his second half stats where he has 15 points. If you're going to need to win this game, well, your big-time players going to have to step up. Chris Bankson stepped up in the sense of, all right, well, I'm going to block this potential game-winning shot or game-tying shot, and that block led to him having to regroup. The kid, I mean, excuse me, led to Howard having to regroup. Howard came out, they put up another three, but it was heavily contested because it wasn't only Howard regrouping, Norfolk was regrouping too. And they were able to come up with a nice defensive scheme to where it wasn't really going to matter when you got that ball in, you weren't going to make it, and they were he was completely covered. So when I look at it, Norfolk State had their big-time players play, big-time plays, and big-time moments. And if you're looking for somebody who embodies that but just on the microphone, you're in the right place. And I greatly appreciate y'all for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure that you guys are checking out Locked On Bets. It's free game for big games. It's that simple. They're going to be free and available on all platforms, and they're meant to get some money into your pocket. You ain't gonna listen to somebody talk to you for 15, 20 minutes just to get a little money in your pocket. I don't know what you got going on, man. Get your priorities right. And your priority tomorrow should be checking out Locked On HBCU. We're going to be talking about a track and field event, so I cannot wait. Let's get into it. But until then, and the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.